You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jones of The Athletic, bringing you the latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, here to talk some kings, here to talk some hip-hop, and once again joined by my queen, Miss Lamika, say hi to everyone. Hello! You know, since, you know, can't have, you know, I talk about the kings all the time, but you know, good to have my, I don't know if you call you a part-time co-host or, you know. Working on it, working on it. Okay. Well, glad to have you back for the latest edition. Thank you. You know, uh, I call myself the ruler of the court, but, you know, kind of like I'm coming to America too. You know, I'm, you know, I'm Eddie Murphy and you're, you're you know, Lisa. I'm Akeem and you're Lisa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing is we don't have three girls. No. Well, let's not give away the whole plot of the movie, you know. For those of you who, you know, the, the nine of you who decided not to spend part of this All-Star break weekend watching Coming to America 2. And if you're one of those little stale people out there, stuck-up people saying, well, it wasn't as good as the first one, blah, 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 y'all go away. Some of us want to be able to watch a movie and have some fun. And some of y'all just want to be mad about whatever. But I digress. Let's get into some King's Talk. Um, my co-host of, you know... She's here just to maybe chime in on the Kings if she wants, but you got anything to say about the, well, she watched a couple of games with me, so, yeah, and they weren't the best games. No. She watched a couple of games during that nine-game losing streak, and yeah, so some of them scores she saw reminded her of the All-Star game. You know, they had 40 at the end of the quarter, and the Kings were giving up 40, but let's not make this about that. Let's talk about uh, the state of the Kings right now, and... I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, if you follow me at all on social media, you saw the story that dropped from The Athletic on Friday. Uh, Sam Amick and myself uh, uh, joined forces to uh, put together a story about the state of the Kings, essentially, uh, Luke Walton's status with the franchise, and the plan for this season, what's basically being referred to within the organization as the gap year a.k.a. this season, and just the big picture. And 
what's important to understand about the whole gap year, you know, what's going on with the plan is that the, the reality is this season was not meant to be a competitive season for the Kings. This was not supposed to be the season that the playoff streak ended. And here's why, and you can say what you want about Luke Walton as a coach, you know, what you do and don't like, but here's why sticking with the plan matters. Okay, I know a lot of you would say, you know what, blow this thing up, get rid of the coach, they're not winning right now. But, and you and you would assume with that, that, you know what, there's going to be some great candidate out there who says, you know what, there's a job opening, I want it. But, you got to remember this. These people all talk. And the Kings already have a reputation amongst, you know, people looking for jobs of, you never know when the plan might change. You know, it's happened to a couple, to a few other coaches already, you know, going all the way back to Michael Malone where the plan changed in the middle of a season after a losing streak with the best player on the team at the time, DeMarcus Cousins, out sick. So there's already kind of some wariness about, you know, hey, if I go to the Kings, are they going to stick to the plan? You know, is ownership going to have my back the whole time? So, if, you know, Monty McNair, say, hypothetically, this is not going to happen, but say he fires uh, Luke Walton Monday night, whatever reason. Don't know why he would, but say he does that. What that tells other coaches that, you know what, it doesn't matter what the GM or ownership says to you. It's because if they get in their feelings or whatever the case may be, they'll just change it and get rid of you. And... The Kings are already known for that amongst people, and it's 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 a tough thing because when you're talking about bringing people in to to fill the gig, even when you're trying to fill the GM gig, you saw people just pulling their names out of consideration. Why? Those things they've heard about the Kings. So, like, whether I don't really care if you like Luke Walton or not, the fact is is that for the for the stability of this franchise, not just this year. But years going forward, they got to stick to what the, what the plan is. And the plan is, was not to come out this season and be a great, you know, not to, you know, to end the playoff streak. And that explains the pretty much basic, quiet, you know, don't do a whole lot off season. Because why would you add a bunch of guys to a team to try to get it and prove to get to the playoffs when... You uh, what? What's the latest one? They say you want to fade for Cade, <laughs> which would be Cade Cunningham. You know, uh, I don't know the other uh, hashtags for the top three, top five picks in the lottery, but yeah, the Kings are all in on that right now. What you know? Obviously, the coaching staff is going to try to win games. They're going to do their best. They don't want to lose a bunch of games, but the way you make this all work is essentially you say, you know what? We'll just give Luke Walton just enough talent to, I don't know, what the, not even to be competitive. I mean, just enough to get by. And he's not really even getting by at this point, given the, the lack of depth on this team. Without Tyrese Halliburton playing right now, they're pretty much down to a seven-man team. You know, you might you might give a few Daquan Jeffries moments here, you know, minutes here and there. But this is basically a seven-man team right now. Uh, we'll see about Tyrese coming back after the All-Star break. A uh, team returns to practice on Wednesday, but 
this is not a team that's been built to end this playoff streak, which is at a 14 straight years of no playoffs going on 15. If the Kings could somehow squeak into that playing tournament, more power to them. But I just don't get the feeling, and I don't think based on the plan of developing Marvin and De'Aaron and Tyrese being the priority this season, I don't think anyone's going to be broken down if this team misses the playoffs. And like I said, this is part of the plan. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is what was supposed to happen. And there's nothing wrong. I'll say this too, though. There's nothing wrong with changing a plan. But if that plan has changed to it, it or it does change at any point to where you're saying this coaching staff has to make the playoffs, pretty simple. You have to get these guys some help. You can't leave, you can't take this current roster and expect Luke Walton, Phil Jackson, Larry Brown, I don't know, uh, anybody to come in and get this team into the into postseason contention because this team is not built for that. It's not what the team was set out to do, and as based on where they are in the standings, things are essentially going according to plan. So now I'm going to ask uh, you, Mika, about you know, planning and business and all that fun stuff and why if you if you were Luke Walton and you were told back in September you know that hey here's the plan we want you to work on getting the young guys you know better you know this is not about trying you know we're not going to be on you about winning a bunch of games because we know this team is not built for that how would you feel if Knowing that going in, you start hearing whispers or people saying, well, hey, they're not performing up to par when your bosses essentially knew you were going to be performing under par all season because you don't have talent. So I guess for me, um, if my boss is telling me, you know, what the plan is, I'm going to go with it mm-hmm. and and just continue just to, to do what I'm supposed to do as a coach. And um, and he needs just a healthy team all the time. Um, I think what they've experienced um, through this season, they haven't been healthy together long enough to even, you know, build the team the way he needs to, to build it and to, you know, make it better. So um, I just think patience, patience is going to be important, but... I say listen to his boss, you know, and and take the time to just continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, you know, forget what, what the folks are saying. That doesn't matter. Um, he just has to, you know, focus on the main thing. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you work in, you know, uh, you've been around HR, mm-hmm. things like that. It's what does it do for a company when they have a reputation for, let's say, not following through for kind of being like kind of going wherever the wind takes them with their plan you know you're trying to hire people and they come to you and what they say well i heard that the last three people who worked here were told one thing they were hired then within a year it changed like what does that do when you're trying to get the best candidates possible i think that's hard right so you know just the change in their um the management the leadership um, of the organization um, is is different, right? So mm. the word is as good as the word is. 
um, as far as what what's happening, what needs to happen. And they just need some consistency, need leadership, leadership overall, organizational leadership um, mixed with um, some patience and a healthy team. All mm-hmm. those three things need to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Kings have lacked patience for a long time. Their fans are out of patience because they keep getting, they, they say, we've been rebuilding for 14 years. And I remind them, this current GM has has been rebuilding this team for about five, six months. This coach has only been here a little more than a se- basically a season and a half. You can't blame all 14 years on those guys. No, you can't. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, the ownership has been around a little longer, so maybe you can blame some of this on ownership, but... Either way, you're going to have to, at some point, at some point, get a structure and stick to it and see it through to the end. You just can't keep changing. And that doesn't happen in one year. Right. It doesn't happen in one season. Needs a little more time. And as long as the structure is not stable, I don't care who you bring in as the next coach. If you don't have a stable structure, which the Kings have not proven to have for more than, I don't know, I'm thinking in my 12, whatever years of covering the team, there may be about two or three times where I thought, you know what, things are turning around here. Maybe they're on track. Yeah, and that didn't last very long. So, yeah. Sorry, you know, so it is what it is, as every rapper has at once said. This is not going to be a, you know, maybe it's a little surprise us. I doubt it. I just don't think this team is, I don't think the Kings, well, I don't think, I know they don't want to win. You know, they don't want to win this year, or they don't want to win, period? They don't want to win this year. Okay. I, when, I, when I say they don't want to win, I say, I mean, management doesn't want to win. Mm-hmm. You know, the coaches that are out there aren't there coaching to lose, but you just set it up in a way to where even when they do their best, it may not work out by, like, for example, giving them a roster of 15 to 16 players or whatever the case is, but really only eight of them are real legit rotation NBA players. And even when you get to the seventh, eighth guy, that guy should be playing maybe 15 minutes. But you got to use them 20 to 25 because you don't have anybody else. Mm. So you just kind of set it up just right to where even if these guys try their best, they're going to lose, <laughs> you know, more times than they win. You know, you, you have a situation where you have a guy like Corey Joseph, who is a solid NBA veteran, but his role probably should not be as big as it is for the Kings right now. And when you have a guy like that in a probably maybe doing more than he should have to do, it exposes the weak parts of his game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes it makes that player look like he's not playing well or maybe he isn't playing well, but it's not all his fault. You probably ask him to do things he shouldn't do just because you don't really have anywhere else to go. And that's really the situation that the coaching staff is in. You know, they got they got some, you know, rookies who were in the G League, but those guys aren't going to come in and make a difference right now. So you kind of have to ride this thing out. And really, maybe the King's reward is that they get lucky in the lottery and move up into the top three, top five. But then, damn, we're back to King's draft history. And that shit's horrible. <laughs> you know, for every Tyrese Halliburton, the previous three or four, you're like, oh, what were you guys doing? You know, so maybe um, well, maybe the fans will be like, you know what, Monty's one for one in his first round picks. They'll, they'll trust Monty to make the right decision. But I get the frustration, but the thing is just this. 
you got to stick with a plan. You just can't throw it out because, oh, man, we lost three in a row. Fire everybody. You knew you were going to lose three in a row with this team. You knew you were going to lose five in a row with this team. You knew that. And I think a lot. the part about the frustration I don't understand is you have a lot of people who act like this team is like some supremely thing. Like it's the Brooklyn Nets or either the Lakers or the Clippers. Like why do they lose so many games? The hell are you? Can't you watch the game and see why they lose? I mean, damn. <laughs> I mean, the last game, the game is close to starting two guard Buddy Hill and dribbled the ball off his foot and then fouled a man for no reason. I mean, th- those type of things happen to teams that lose games. You know, you miss free throws late. You just you, you just do things that teams that lose do. And I've got, you know, and then Buddy also had one of the worst flops that he got in, in league history he got warned for, but hey, I'm not this is not the uh, pick on Buddy Heald show. It's just pointing out just some of the weirdness you see around the Sacramento Kings. And again, you know, you'll be listening to this on a Monday. The Kings are still on oh, I almost said spring break cuz it's damn near time for spring break but it's all-star break you know y'all can forgive me my little mental calendar is off for me all-star break is always around valentine's day or you know so this is like just weird i keep on thinking i'm i'm tripping but it is march and it is the all-star break and there was an all-star game today uh team lebron won uh they gave a lot of money to the thurgood marshall's like through the scholarship foundation hbcus we're all all you know we're getting a lot of love uh mika attended an hbcu you want to shout out your school the grambling state university in louisiana mm-hmm. and if, and if you want to really irk her tell her that you like don't even say it what don't don't, don't say what don't about the south the South Dash E R No, N. don't. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Anyway. Okay. Well, one of the referees in the in the All Star <laughs> game attended that university, I believe. You know, but. <laughs> Jeez! Wow! Wow! Which brings me as we transition. But over. we did have Grambling State University band to introduce. Yeah, the team. The yeah, team Durant. Team Durant. Yeah. Yes. You know, then you know. Florida A&M introduced the winning team. Okay. Yeah, I just would like to, mm-hmm. you know, shout out LeBron and his team for winning. And yes. I had one last thought before we go over to music. As I kind of watched the All-Stars lined up, and I still see people in the Sacramento region complaining that De'Aaron Fox was snubbed from the All-Star game. I challenge you to do this. Look at the dudes they had lined up out there today. You know, as all-stars. And you tell me why De'Aaron fits in that group. He doesn't yet. I'm sorry. It's not a disrespectful thing, but there's levels to this. And he's not at that level yet. And I'm tired of seeing y'all act like there's a league conspiracy against the Kings because De'Aaron didn't make the all-star team. No, there's not. Calm down. If De'Aaron keeps doing what he's doing, keeps getting better, you know, improves, maybe he's there next year. But, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I just had that thought because I'm still seeing people more than a week or two later complaining about how he was an all-star snub. What is the definition of a snub before we move on? Yeah, yeah I, just, I just have to remind y'all what it actually means to be snubbed since everyone wants to be all in the 
you know the you know the, the crying game, the crying business. To, uh, to snub is to rebuff, ignore, or spurn disdainfully. Did anyone do that to De'Aaron Fox? Was he ignored or spurned disdainfully? No. Uh, that's the verb. Uh, as a noun, an act of showing disdain or lack of cordiality by rebuffing or ignoring someone or something. That didn't happen to De'Aaron. So stop saying he was snubbed. Okay, with that being said, I'm done with all-star talk about basketball. We're going to shift over to our, my favorite part of the show, of course, the music portion of the show and talk about all, you know, all-star collaborations. And we're going to break down some of our favorite ones. And this, what got me going, thinking about this was a few things. One, all-star game weekend. You know, uh, two, a couple of, uh, you can call them all-star collaborations were dropped, you know. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack dropped their Silk Sonic thing. One of the best songs I've heard in quite a long time. Would mm-hmm. you agree, Mika? On repeat, last few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's mm-hmm. had that song on repeat. She loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and then uh, Drake dropped, you know, Scary Hours 2. And he, he once again, you know, everyone's, te- you know, going crazy about him and Lil Baby with having a song, uh, that little song. But, uh. I w- he once again teamed up with Rick Ross, and I want to say it was my homie Lo- Logan Murdoch who tweeted this. He said whenever whenever Ross and Drake get together, he had a picture of Shaq and Kobe with the championship. And I said, you know what? Yeah, let's think of, let's think about that. Who are the all-star collaborations in hip-hop? Who are, like, you know, when they get together, it's going to be a problem for everybody else. And... I've got a bunch of different ones I could throw out there, but I'm going to be a uh, gentleman, which I usually, I don't know why you're laughing at the idea of me being a gentleman. No, I wasn't laughing at. I, 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 I don't know how to take that. I wasn't laughing. I wasn't laughing at you for that. Okay. I was going, I'll, I'll allow you to drop some of your, your, your all-star collabs and maybe we can talk about why they're all stars to you, and then I can go to mine. Okay, maybe we can go back and forth. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, so my first one, um, this is a tribute to my HBCUs. So my first one is Moneymaker, Two Chains, and Little Wayne. And, um, and that was made, and it had the drum line, all the things HBCU that I miss, that I love. Um, so much you had that drumline sound and it was just awesome and so on my playlist when I work out um, makes me think about home makes me think about my gremlin days and then they just gave a shout out to all the HBCUs not all of them but they gave a shout out to a lot of HBCUs at the beginning at the end and even in the middle so that's my my number one Going with that one, mm-hmm. yeah, and they were, you know, a few years ago, if Wayne jumped on your song, that was like a guaranteed like smash. But now I don't know what's going on with Wayne. He likes the, the the drugs that hit him a little hard, and you know, man's up there at the White House with the former president, you know, wilding. But hey, and I don't have like a specific song right off the bat for that one, but I'm going, uh, and I'm not even really in order per se. But I'm going to start with Drake and, and Rick Ross as my first all-star duo. You know, whenever they get together, they haven't missed on a song. Whenever they're together, it's like 
oh, I can't wait to hear this. I mean, this last one, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. I'm like, I love Lemon Pepper, so I'm going to listen anyway. But <laughs> they don't miss. And as I kind of went through my list, I noticed two guys who are consistently put, I put in that category where if they're on a song with you, you don't miss. And it's Drake and Ross and then them together. So I'll start, I'm going to start with Drake and Ross. And do you want to add someone else? Uh, Deuces, the remix. And it had Chris Brown and Drake and Rick Ross. Um, T.I., there's a bunch of folks in that remix. So definitely throw up the deuces on you. Mm-hmm. Got to add that one to the mix. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of different all-star players in that one. My frat brother was on that original. I put that original one together. Mm-hmm. Kevin McCall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mac. So I'll, I'll allow that one. Oh, good. And my, I have my other, my second, I guess, combo I'm going to go with is Jay-Z and Rick Ross. Oh, Rick Ross is getting all the love. Yeah, you know, when I grow a beard out, people say I kind of look like him. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a complete coincidence, you know. But, you know, the devil is a lie. You know, Three Kings, or it was, you know, Jay-Z, Rick Ross. They had Dr. Dre on there, too. But, I mean, that's another duo. When they get together, they don't miss. And most dudes can't say that when they go in bar for bar with Jay-Z. You know, usually it's, oh, Jay-Z's on my song. Let me step, bow down to Jay-Z. I don't think Rick has that uh, in him. He they just he just goes. And I'll follow up my next one, Jay-Z and Jeezy. Mm. Another one where every time I've heard them together, they don't miss. They don't miss. So, so my next, um, I like a different... Like a bunch of folks together, no new friends okay. with Drake, DJ Khaled, mm. Rick Ross is in that one too. I'm telling y'all, Ross is. I'm t- Ross the boss right there. I'm telling y'all, when it's all said and done, we're gonna have to have a discussion about where Rick Ross ranks. He's all in time. my three and five, like top. He's in my three out of my five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can go one more on you. Okay, go for with, it. With one of my favorite players. Season ticket holder, Rick Ross and D-Wade. Okay, full disclosure, that ain't because that song is good or anything. It's because she's a Dwayne Wade friend. And if Dwayne Wade got on a microphone and just said the alphabet, she'd be like, oh, that shit slaps. But it was a cool song. She'd be like, oh, damn, did you not hear the way he said the W? She'd be like, that, 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 you know, she would be so into that. So I'm just going to make that clear. I can do a collab with Rick Ross. We got the same last name. See, like a thing. He can make me like a... See, you know. y'all don't understand what I'm going through. The, <laughs> the first time she was on the show, I had to watch her phone over Chris Webber. Now I got to hear about Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... I'm going to go ahead. Staying in the basketball lane. That's all what my play Oh, okay, okay. Oh, but I... I'm going to add a female mix in here. Okay, go for it. Got to add, you know, WAP, Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B mm-hmm. in the mix. Oh. So, Meg Thee Stallion is an HBCU. She went to HBCU, Texas Southern. Shout mm-hmm. out. So, got to add some female, you know, mm-hmm. collab, hip hop collabs in there. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I have. I'm fine with that. That's the, that song was so good. Conservative <laughs> politicians kept accidentally hearing it all summer. Like I was just sitting around, you know, reading my Bible, and this song was forced into my ears, and I was so disgusted that I had to listen to it like twelve times to make sure I heard all the words. That happened. No, I know. I just found that, that was one of the more. I more funniest things, the four funny things of the last summer, you know. Uh-huh. We needed some laughs, and that provided me some laughs. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get away from all the uh, Jay-Z, Drake, all, you know, to my all-stars. But, you know, so I'm going to go a little old school, so to speak. Well, damn, I can't call it old school because that would imply that I'm old. But I'm going to say Snoop and Dre. Whenever they're together, oh. uh-huh. that's a home run. Whatever they're together. They, whenever, they, they, whenever they get together, it's a home run. And really, anytime Dre gets with anyone, it's a home run. You know, but I'm going to say that. And I have another favorite one from back in the day. Ice Cube and Scarface, Hand on the Dead Body. You know, because back then, that was uh, probably Cube at his peak and Scarface. You know, for those, you know, if you was into the deep into the hip-hop game, you knew how good Scarface was then. And for them to be together on a song was just like, damn. You know, and yeah, and I got a couple other ones to look back back in the day with Ice Cube. You know, when he got with Tupac and Ice T for Last Words, that was like, wow, you know, you know. And that was back in the day when you didn't have the same, like, you know, mixtape thing where guys was always jumping on other people's songs. That was a big, that was a big deal. And looking ahead, that West Coast super group we got coming with E40, Ooh. Too Short, Cube, and Snoop. Hopefully we can get out. Okay. Yeah, that's going. That's going to be like the. That, oh, yeah, All-Stars. yeah, that's going to be like the 2017 Warriors. You know, the 85 Lakers, the 96 Bulls. You know, that's going to be some some domination. I I predict. That's what I you know. So, you got any other All Star you know type things where you say? all-star lineup you know i could i mean i could i was trying to get away from like groups that were like established just because i think what makes the all-star game so great is that not not defense of course but the fact you get the best of the best together just for one time in that one night and then they go about back about their business so i would i would have easily thrown in like say nwa but you know they're a group outcast is a group you know, that didn't seem to make to be the right way to go about it. Beyonce and Jay-Z. I guess you could do that. But I mean, she has some. She, you know, she throws some bars out there every now and then. Mm-hmm. She jumps you know? to get in her jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. a good. That's like multi dollar sign collaboration right mm-hmm. there. And then probably one of the uh, better like collabs. I mean, I, I thought got, got a couple other ones. Uh, Outcast and UGK, International Players Anthem. Oh, here we go. What? Oh, that's your anthem. What? It used to be. I don't. I feel like I don't, I, this is not about me. I'm just saying the song is a beautiful song. Saying about oh, you know. You know, he cc'd every girl that he was cc around town. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a very mm-hmm. poignant moment for Andre in that song. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your hearts three sacks. Keep your heart. You know, art and life for this. You know, see, we that's what we're not gonna do. With <laughs> that's what we're not gonna do. This is what we're not gonna do. We're not going. No, it's not. It was. It was not art imitating life. No, it wasn't. 
It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What I was going to say was <laughs> when T.I., when it was T.I., Eminem, Drake, and Young. See, now you got my whole, my whole mad messed up, yo. The, 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 you know, the nobody got swagger like us, you know. But that was, uh, yeah, see, why you gotta do that? What? Talk about, that was about me. That was not about me. I don't like what you were implying. Not implying anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. You said it, not I. No, I, I, no, I, I was naming a song. Uh-huh. And you took it to you took it a different way. You're not in your feelings. No, I'm not. I'm just okay. I'm, I'm just pointing that out. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> song I was gonna refer to was a uh, Ti Kanye, little you know. Nobody, nobody on the corner I got swagger like a. I'm not gonna do that to y'all, you know. And then you got the you know the uh, Drake Eminem no you know forever. You know that one. Yeah, I didn't even get no Eminem in here, you know. Because I, I don't, yeah. You had Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne, and Eminem. And they did forever. That was like an all-star, you know, get-together. That You know, and Kanye, for a minute, if he jumped on your stuff, it was automatically a... I don't know if you want Kanye on your stuff at the moment, but... You know, he's got some other things going on. But yeah, those were, you know, I love it when you see... In hip hop, you see people come together and just give you something special. Uh-huh. You know, I, like I said, I talked about it a, maybe was it three weeks ago in here. You know, about the uh, Nipsey Hustle Jay Z song. To me, that's one of those all star moments in hip hop. A moment I wish we could have more of. You know, R.I.P. Nip. You know, but there's just so many. I think good examples of all star collabs in hip hop and. No snubs on the, in the hip hop portion of the show, so we're gonna go ahead and got any other any collabs? You know, we got any like R and B and hip hop? You know, you I would say who's like Chris Brown's like hip hop muse, so to speak. I guess it would be Wayne. Uh-huh. You know, Wayne's had a very you know like I said there was a run where if he was on your song, it was like that was like oh my god, look I got Lil Wayne on a track. Now it's like okay, well what's up to Wayne? What's up with Wayne? You know, but. There's some, a lot of good stuff out there. A lot of stuff I like. Like I said, I just felt inspired by, you know, all you know, a couple of good collaborations coming out this past weekend. And you have an anything? All Star Weekend. Yeah, All Star yeah. Weekend. Yeah, and not having to watch any games or do any real work this weekend. It was nice. It was. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you can see, she benefited from me. Not having to, you know. I did. You know, uh, that all, you know, it's also kind of bittersweet for Kings fans. They care about my personal life, but the fact that there was no, there was no King representation at All Star Day, as you can almost call it. There, you know, Buddy Hill passed on a three point contest because he said he's too unruly. You know, (laughs) you know, he would want to follow the rules down there, which is good for him for knowing himself. And knowing that he can't, that he would, you know, try to sneak out or do something and get himself in trouble. But oh. this is my first time, I think, almost maybe almost ever not having anything, you know. Well, they didn't have the uh, Rising Stars game. Ty- Tyrese would have been in that game, but that game wasn't played. So it is what it is. So any parting words on music, the Kings, or anything before we get out of here? Patience, leadership. 
good music, put some things on repeat, especially that Bruno Mars pot, mm. you know, jam. Mm. It'll be good. Mm -hmm. and Keep Hope Alive. I, I, I'm still keeping Hope Alive. I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm. At least for just a, I'm not going to say um, a playoff season, but just for them to find their vibe. They got to find their way they could do that that's a that's a win yeah so you got the front office just find some progress and i'm gonna say this before you go what's about progress just to warn y'all this is not a next season it's fixed unless something crazy happens i'm thinking y'all might need another two or three years so yeah with that on that note definitely enjoy some good music take a chill pill relax enjoy no kings basketball till thursday but I'll be back before then, or you'll hear from me on Thursday before the Kings host the Houston Rockets. So, I am Jason Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones, where I might be, you know, tongue-in-cheek making arguing with Kings fans who were way too happy that the Kings beat the Lakers. You can also find me at Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC, where I post my stories, I post pictures, I post jokes, and... You may realize that 95% of the content has nothing to do with work. But hey, if you want to join in, I'm all for it. Anything else you want to add, Miss Mr. Nika? No, deuces. Okay. Yeah, you heard her. Deuces. We are gone.